Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I'm so excited to be sitting here with my new friend, Kate. Kate, it's Kate Bettistelli. Is that right? That's okay, right. Now, Very Kate, well done. It's one of those names that I feel like I can say, I've heard, but every time I go to write it, I'm like, I really have to learn how to write this name. <laughs> um, I'd love for you just to tell me a little bit about who you are and uh, we'll kick it off that way. Well, I, I'm a mom of just one and a, a wife, my, my husband, Mike, we've been married 36 years. So we stuck it out, you know, and they said it wouldn't last, but it's lasted. And I'm an accidental writer because I never intended to write books. And, you know, I, I didn't even graduate college. So that just goes to show you God can do anything. It's, it's crazy what he can do. But um, yeah, I'm a writer and a podcaster and who saw that coming? But, you know, God, God has a lot of stuff up his sleeve and it doesn't matter really how old you are because I'm older. I'm in my sixties now. And, you know, I, I think we, we think that we think we have it all laid out for our life. And if you told me 10 years ago that I would have two books and be a podcaster and a speaker, I'd have said, yeah, that's, that's somebody else. That's not me. But when you open yourself up to the Lord and you allow him to take you out, it sometimes drag you out of your comfort zone. He can do all kinds of things. So I've, I'm just one of those ones that's willing to say yes to the Lord most of the time. I don't always say yes. Sometimes I just say, yeah, no, God, that's just a little bit too big for me. But when I'm willing to say yes, he's, he'll do stuff. And hmm. I see that all the time. I see it all through scripture. I see it in, in people all the time when they just say yes. It's crazy hmm. what he does. I love that. Um, <clears throat> now, I'm sure people are kind of wondering, with the last name Bettacelli, are you related to Francesca Bettacelli. They, they're probably wanting to know. I am. I'm her mom. Yep. She owes everything to me. That's all okay. I can say. No. Love it. Take all <laughs> no. the credit. No, she's yeah. who she is in spite of me, probably in many ways. But uh, yes, she is our only child. And I'm the crazy woman who wanted five kids, but God said, no, you're, you're going to have one. And and at the time it was hard because I really did want a big family. And we, after, after we had Franny, we, I had a, um, I got pregnant again, but it was an ectopic pregnancy or a tubal pregnancy and those can't survive. So we lost mm -hmm. that baby. And then, um, I went through a series of adoption attempts four times and four times it fell through. And it just took a while for me to get it through my head that we were going to have one child, you know, and, and when you're letting the Lord pick your future, it's not always the future that you pick for yourself, you know, yeah. and, and I had to learn that lesson the hard way. It just took me quite a, quite a while to get it through my head. And I understand it now at the time I didn't, but now it makes total sense because when I see the path that God took our daughter on where he needed to take her for the, for the things that she was going to bring to the world and, and the way he wanted to use her life, it makes total sense that she would be an only child. And, and I didn't realize that about 20% of children in this world are only children. Hmm. I thought it was a much smaller number, but it's really quite a number of us have only children. So if yeah. you have an only child and you're listening, there's a purpose for that child. I mean, there's a purpose for every child, for every person on this planet, but there's usually a very specific reason why you're having an only child. So don't, 
don't despise that like I did for it took me a long time to get past that. But, you know, God, I, I was just a slow learner, I guess. Well, I, <clears throat> I love that you are, you know, you're really able to share right now from hindsight. But for the woman who is right now in the in the thick of it, in that moment, and maybe it is because we're recording this, you know, during COVID. And for a lot of people, they're really faced with that moment of, oh, like, this is not what I thought my life was going to be. Things are actually changing right now, or they're turning on. What would you say to that woman who is maybe um, kind of feeling stuck in that place mm -hmm. or like frustrated or angry, or um, this isn't the way I thought my life would look? What would you say to that woman? I think right now for all of us, none of us thought this is the way life would look. I mean, right now in this whole COVID thing, it's taken us all by surprise. But I, I think we have to look, we have to look at the good right now. We have to kind of try and find what what have we missed when we've been rushing so much through life? Because, you know, when, when you're going, going, going all the time, you're missing life that's happening all around you. So now we've all been forced to stop not just slow down. We've been forced to stop, stay at home. Don't go anywhere. You can't go to work. You can barely go to the grocery store. That's about it. We can't go outside. Maybe you can go outside your house and walk your dog or take your kids out to play in the front yard. You can't even go to the park, at least around where we are. They've closed all the, the state parks, the local parks. You can't really go anywhere. So God has kind of just put you know, just forced us all to, to this very narrow little space. And, and why is he doing that? And I, I'm not fully sure other than to say, just take a look at what's right around you. Let's look at that and, and see what's the value in that. You know, what are we, what have, what have we had right in front of our face that we've been missing, you know, right there with our families, with our, with our spouses, with, the, just the things that are right in front of us that it's so easy to miss every day because we just rush past them. And now we're, we're kind of forced to look at them and what's the good that we can find there. And then also what are the things that we can look right at and go, oh, that's a part of me that maybe I've not dealt with because I've been rushing so much. And now I can look at that part of me and see that it's not a great part or it's a part that needs work or a part that I need to change. And, and Lord, help me with that, you know, help me help me fix that, help me get better in that area. I mean, I think, I think God's really doing a lot if we allow him to. I mean, none of us can understand why this is happening. I, I don't have any clue. I know there's, there's more to it than meets the eye. I'm quite convinced there's more than, than, than what we hear on the news. Mm -hmm. And one of these days we'll know what it is. I, I, don't, I can't begin to figure out why this is all happening, but we have to allow God to do what he's doing. You know, just let's mm -hmm. let him work it out, finish it out. And, and I think for each of us, it's a little bit different and individual, but as we pray and press in, he'll show us what, okay, Lord, what do you want to do in me in this season? You know, not my neighbor, not my husband, not my kids, but what do you want to do in me specifically right now? What can I work on so that when I come out of this, when the world comes out of this, I'll be a better Christian, a better person. I'll know you better, Lord, because ultimately I want to know him. Right, well, don't we all? Yeah, I love that you just shared that. I love that you um, said, first of all, we're going to look for, okay, what is the good, right? We're looking for the beautiful and the hopeful and the right in front of us, things that we might otherwise miss because we're going so fast. And then I think really that one thing that is so key in this season is recognizing that 
we're all going to experience some things that we're probably facing that we've maybe been able to kind of run away from in our busyness. And so those things come up. And I think it's very uncomfortable when those things come up. And, uh, you know, for a lot of us, myself included, the sometimes what we want to do is we want to either numb them with mm-hmm. anything, right? They yeah. can numb it with food or, or we try to um, escape again through social media, Netflix, whatever. But I love what Kate was saying there. If we really surrender and we allow God to speak into that place. And so the hard, uncomfortable, painful thing that comes up, we lean in with him. I really think this is a chance for people to kind of deal with some of those hard, painful things. Yeah. Um, and what would you say to the person who's like, yeah, this, something has come up for me. This is hard. What do I do? How do I sit with God in it? Do you have anything to say to a woman about that? I think you just need to pray and ask him to show you if, if ever we've got the time to sit with the Lord, it's now. I mean, even if you've got little ones scrambling around your feet, you know, I think it's okay to to sit them down with a little video or a movie. I mean, I wouldn't just let them sit with the TV on all day. I'd, I'd be careful still with, with what we're going to expose them to. But, you know, you can find a cute little movie that's clean and good and put them down in front of it and, and take take an hour and just go sit and sit with the Lord and get that time or get up an hour early. You know, it's not going to hurt any of us to take this time, be intentional I think yeah. right now, now that we have this time, we have this season, and I don't know if it's going to last another two weeks or two months. We don't know, but take the time while we have it, because when things start back up again, we're all going to start rushing again. You know, it, yeah. it'll just get crazy, just like it was. But I, I would, I would really get with the Lord and pray and start. I, I love to start to journal, to just start to write, to ask the Lord, say, Jesus, what are you saying to me today? And pick up your pen or your pencil and put it to paper. And if you just start writing, he'll start speaking. Even if you feel like, well, this just feels funny. You know, Jesus isn't going to speak to me. He will. It's amazing when you start writing and saying, Lord, what are you saying? He really will start speaking. And I know it can feel kind of strange to think that he'll speak to us, but he does. I believe he's speaking all the time. If we'll just take that time to really press in and say, Lord, what are you saying to me today about this, whatever this is for you, this issue, this thing that you're dealing with or going through, or even just, Lord, how do you love me? You know, how, how do you see me? And he'll start speaking. He'll tell you things. And if it doesn't match up with scripture, then you know, it's not him. If yeah. he's saying things that are, you know, you're stupid or you're ugly or you're, what, that's not the Lord, that's the enemy. But you, because you know, he thinks you're beautiful. You're his bride. You're bold. You're all the, the good things that he says in scripture. That's how he sees you. So, or, or if, or if nothing else, just start writing out scripture. I'll, sometimes I'll just sit and write out Psalms like the ancients did. They would yeah. write scripture. That's, that's a great thing to do. If nothing else, just start writing out the word, the, 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 the scriptures that you love that speak to you as you write them. There's just something about writing the word, yeah. you know, and writing the words of Jesus, right? Just do things like that. Just be intentional about your time with the Lord. And I think it'll, I think in that he'll begin to speak and he'll begin to show you things and mm and download things into your spirit that'll help to lift you up. Well, I love that because I love that it's in many ways, it gives us something very practical to do when we're saying, what do I do if I'm feeling 
anxious. I'm feeling afraid. I'm feeling angry. And, you know, I love that you said the Psalms because there's so much depth in the Psalms. There's every emotion in the Psalms that we can write out and begin to kind of, sorry, plant that in our heart. And I think one of the things that can happen sometimes when we're sitting with the Lord is we do sometimes get these prompts. And I love that you have come up with this phrase, the God dare, which is the title of your second book. And, um, that is something else that we will begin to sometimes hear from God, this kind of like a little invitation to something. And can you unpack a little bit of what that looks like to kind of get a bit of a prompt or a God dare, um, from him? Sure. It's, it's a God dare is just that, that idea that drops in your spirit that you just think, that's just too big for me. That's outside my comfort zone. It's one of those, I call them those crazy ideas that come in that you think, wow, that is really cool. But that's, that's, that's just not me. You know, for me, it was writing my first book when I I knew I wasn't a writer. I, I didn't have a college degree. I didn't have a platform. No one would publish it. I mean, I gave God every excuse why I couldn't do what he was telling me to do but he kept telling me to do it. And I thought, well, if you're telling me to do it, if you're calling me to do it, you're going to have to equip me to do it. But that's one of the things about God. If he calls you to do it, if he calls you to it, he'll equip you to do it. He Mm -hmm. has to, because he knows you can't do it without him. If he knew you could do it without him, what do you need him for? Now I want to, I want to just pause there for a second because I, I have been reading your book, God dare. And, um, I've also been, we met actually Kate and I met, uh, sitting at a lunch. We were at this conference called Blistem and we were sitting at a lunch for hope writers. So people who are looking into being published and in the writing world. And we happen to be sitting next to each other. And so as Kate and I are in this community, I know just how difficult it is to get published. Like it's really difficult. So when she says, God, this is impossible. And she even writes in her book about how, you know, she did find a publisher who was willing to take a chance on her when she didn't have a lot of writing experience. She didn't have a platform. She didn't, there, these are these key things publishers are looking for. So in many ways, if God wants this to happen, like he is going to make it happen. And I want to also uh, point out one other thing from your book, which is that really the way your first book, um, Growing Great Kids, came about was simply that you said yes to an invitation. And so you were invited to speak at this homeschooling conference with your husband and you guys came up with these 15 points and then God said, after the conference, mm-hmm. I believe it was after the conference, yeah. these are chapters. And so what I love about that is sometimes I think the God dare comes after we've said yes to something, right? Like we've mm-hmm. said yes to this and he said, great, now I want you to say yes to this. And you're like, mm-hmm. whoa, okay, yeah. this is not, you know, I love that you're like, when you say I didn't expect to be a podcaster and to write two books. Like you really didn't. This wasn't something you were trying to walk down this path. And I identified so deeply um, because the book that I have just uh, self-published came out of a seminar that again, somebody asked me to do a seminar. I said, yes. And then in a quiet time, God said to me, turn that into a, uh, like a Bible study. And I was like, what? (laughs) You know, it's, these are not necessarily our ideas, but what you have done um, is just say, Yes. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that it happens right away. And it doesn't mean that it's easy, but you said yes to it. Yeah. There's something you talk about in your book. And I wanted yes. to ask, it's that idea of, um, we choose to be chosen. Can you unpack that yeah. a little bit? 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think we have to choose to be chosen to change the world. You know, God says many are called, but, but few are chosen. And if we say yes, then we're choosing to be chosen, not choosing to be chosen. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about when God says, Hey, I want you to do this thing. Hey, Abraham, leave everything behind that, you know, leave your family, you leave your land. Abraham could have said no. Moses could have said no. I love the story of Reinhard Bonnke. You know, he was the Billy Graham of Africa. He brought millions of people to the Lord. He was a huge evangelist. He died recently, this mm -hmm. in the past year. And I love how he tells the story that God let him know early on in his ministry that he was the third one that God asked to fulfill that ministry. He was not, he told Reinhard Bonnke, you were not my first choice which I find fascinating that two people turn God down to go to Africa and bring millions of people to the Lord. Can you even imagine turning God down? But, but people have the choice to say no. And I think all the time God is dropping seeds in our spirit, in our heart to say, I have this for you. Are you willing to, I call it a spiritual bungee jump because it feels like that. You feel like sometimes he's asking me to jump off a cliff I really hope he's going to catch me. Of course, God always will. If he's asking you, if it's really the Lord, and you're going to know that because if, if, if it's something big, you, you, you really need to ask. You've got to pray. You've got to get some other people to pray for you. I think it's always good to ask the Lord to confirm it. God, is this really you? You know, and if it really is, he will confirm it, especially if it's, you know, if he's saying, I want you to go across the world and become a missionary in a foreign country that hates the gospel, you better get some prayer and you better get some confirmation. If it's, hey, talk to your neighbor about the gospel. Well, I don't think you need to get a lot of prayer for that. You just need to obey. Yeah. You know, it just depends on the, on, on, on what he's daring you to do, but he's doing it all the time. And our job, we have to just be willing to step out. We have to be willing to say yes. And I think in the American church, I'm not sure about the Canadian church, but I imagine it's the same. We've gotten comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's easy to just kind of be, you know, hey, life is good. I'm happy. I don't really want to step out and do anything that's hard. It, You know, I'd rather just be comfortable and happy. Well, I think in, sometimes in our mind, there's this idea of like, average Christians, like I'm just a normal average, I just live my life. And then there are these, you know, they're the, they're the people who are going to go do something great. And I'm just going to be the person who, and I think that was totally my mindset for a long time, right? My husband, he does, he works for a nonprofit ministry. I just kind of do my you know own thing. I really had zero desires and aspirations in my life. There was nothing that I wanted to do work-wise, um, there was nothing that really gave me a passion. And I think it was when I, when I began to really seek God, not necessarily even for a purpose, but just for him, mm -hmm. I really began to seek him. He really began to light this fire in me. And mm -hmm. as I began to say yes to little things, that's when he began to open up new things to my heart. Um, and you know, one of the things I think as we begin to learn, sometimes for people, I think that there's this idea of, is this God? Like, am I saying, should I be saying yes to this? Sometimes it is actually when I've said no, that I have walked away with this feeling almost of, um, I missed out. I missed out on an opportunity. And yes, it was really hard and scary or, um, it felt uncomfortable. I wasn't sure. And so I, I had all the reasons to say no, but I've, I've walked away and, and, for me, that has actually fueled my yes, because I've said, I don't want that 
anymore. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to miss out on what could be yeah. on the other side. Um, I love that in your, in your book, you say that you, uh, when God first asked you to write, you said, I reminded God I wasn't a writer. And that so <laughs> reminded me of just Moses. You know what I mean? Like yes. you've picked the wrong person. This isn't who I am. Um, your book is so, I've only read the first part of it so far, but it is so, um, you're, you actually are a very good writer. Like there was so much in there that I was like, wow, you know, this is a, be- this is beautifully written, um, storytelling. So it's very easy to read and engaging. And I think, um, really begins to kind of light a spark, um, in people to what, what more might God have for me? And like you said, um, this was something that happened to you in some ways a little bit later on in life. Mm-hmm. Um, have you had other sort of God dares or things that you've been pursuing? Lately or just in my life? Just in your life or lately? Well, in my life, I mean, when I was, when my husband and I, when we first got saved, you know, we were in the whole Broadway musical theater world. I don't know if you've gotten to that chapter yet, yeah. but we were called out of that whole thing. We were gung ho back in our well, I was still in my 20s. He, well, after we had our daughter, we were still living in New York, pursuing Broadway careers, thinking this is what we want to do. And then we got saved. And God was like, no, you need to lay that down. That's not the life that I have for you, which made no sense to the natural mind because my husband has his doctorate in music. I mean, it made no sense for us to walk away from that. I had just come off I've been on three years out on tour with the King and I, it it made no sense to walk away and lay that down. But God was very clear. This is not the life I have for you. I want you to do something else. He wasn't real clear what that was kind of like with Abraham, just, just leave everything and I'll, I'll show you. I'm not going to tell you, but I'll show you. And you know, just, just trust me and believe in me. It was kind of one of those things where you're like, well, alrighty then we'll just follow you and figure it out as we go, which is kind of what our life has been. But we just knew it. We knew that God wasn't happy with where we were going. So we, we did, we just walked away from everything we knew. Our friends thought we were crazy, but you know, it doesn't really matter what other people think. What's important is obedience. And we obeyed. And, and I see now the fruit of that is with our daughter that all I wanted, I just wanted to be famous. I wanted to win a Tony award and have people know my name. And God said, no, it's not your generation. It's the next generation because your daughter's doing it for the right reasons. She could care less about fame. She wants to honor me. She wants to make my name famous. You just want to make your name famous. So you don't get to do that. But you know what I mean? And it's got it. It's so funny how our ceiling becomes their floor, our children's floor. It's really interesting how God does that. And I, I, I see that so clearly now. At the time, I didn't. But I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't go back to that life if you paid me at this point. You know, I, I just... I, It was really interesting the way the Lord did that. So he's done that so many times in our lives where I call them 90 degree turns. You're going, you're going straight ahead and God says, nope, you're turning left and you're Hmm. moving completely to the other side of the country. You're doing some crazy thing. And we, we've learned at this point, it's better to just obey quickly, not question it. Just, just do what he's saying and go with it because it'll always eventually make sense. I really appreciate that you said, um, you really couldn't get stuck in other people's opinions, right? Mm-mm. Because yeah. what God is asking us to do often, we can get stuck waiting for everybody else to get on board. And it's like, we don't we don't actually have to wait for everybody Mm-mm. else to get on board. Now, again, like you said earlier, it should line up with scripture. Sometimes we right. do need prayer and counsel. However, um, I think that can be one place that gets us stuck. And I know for myself, as I began to kind of step out 
towards some of these things I felt like God was calling me for that really are uncomfortable. I had no desire to start a podcast or to write anything or post anything on Instagram. I never, I didn't want to be on Instagram. Um, but at some point I had to just be obedient and Mm -hmm. say, I'm just going to do this thing you're calling me to do. Um, and some people may still not understand and that's okay. Yeah. Right. And just being okay with it. Yeah. And usually it's family that doesn't understand. I remember my parents thought we were just nuts because they thought you're doing well, your careers, and they could brag about it, but they didn't know the Lord. And, you know, and we couldn't let that be our decision maker. We had to do what we were, we knew the Lord was telling us. And oftentimes it'll be the ones closest to you. That'll be the ones that won't understand, but obedience, obedience will always cost you something. Mm -hmm. And that's just part of following the Lord. So you know, well, you just that. have to just determine who you're going to follow. When, um, when you and I first met, we were sitting down to have this lunch. And one of the things that you brought up with me, um, was just this idea of, again, talking about pivoting, we're taking a bit of a 90 degree turn in our conversation. Uh, but I want, I want to make sure we get this in. Um, you were telling me about this idea of being a Titus to woman mm-hmm. and how we're kind of missing that a little bit in our culture. Oh, yeah. Can you just unpack that a little bit for me? Well, I think the Titus to woman is missing in the church, at least in America. She is the, the woman who, you know, when Paul said, older women teach the younger, he was not suggesting, you know, if you feel like if it, if it fits in with your life, then maybe go ahead and have coffee with a younger woman. He was saying, teach the younger. It, it was not a suggestion. It was a command. And I feel like my generation, the older women in the church have pretty much dropped the ball. I'm not 100% sure why, although I think in, in the last 20, 30 years with technology, the way it's changed dramatically from when I was a younger wim- woman, the older women, there wasn't that huge technology gap the way there is today. Right. We, didn't, we didn't have social media. We didn't have any of those things. You could just talk to an, an older woman and it was you know, we just didn't have everything that we have today. And I know a lot of women my age are not on Facebook. They, they're they not on Instagram. They don't understand all of that. And they think, well, the younger women are cool. And they, they you know, they're not going to think I'm cool. And I don't really know what it is. I don't know if it's just a comfort zone thing or they figure, well, I figured it out. You'll figure it out, Jacqueline. You just, you know, just do what you're doing and figure out, figure out life and because I talk to young women all the time and I ask them, you know, do you have anyone that's mentoring you? And 99% of the time it's no. And I ask them, do you wish that there was? And yes, they, they always tell me, oh, we're just dying for an older woman to be pouring into our lives. And they're not. And I, and I ask them, well, well ask, do you ask them, you know, will they mentor you? And yes, well, but they always say no. I said, well, just keep asking. Eventually one of them is going to say yes. Because if somebody asks me, I'm, I'll do it through Zoom. I'll meet them for coffee. Well, we can't do that right now. But, you know, I'll do it in any way I can just to, and it doesn't, I, I never make it a formal, you know, we're going to sit down and go through scripture. It's just, hey, let's just hang out. Let's just have, have coffee or go have lunch and just talk. It's not, it's not a big formal thing, at least the way that I do it, because I just want to get to know them. And, and I, always find that I get more from them than they get from me because they just have such a fresh perspective that they bring to life, to everything, you know, and they usually teach me cool stuff about social media or about, I'm going to just learn, I know I'm going to learn stuff from them, but then I'm also going to bring a perspective of life to them that they don't have, or, or maybe help them see something in the word or just in life or in parenting 
that that maybe they they didn't see or weren't grasping so we 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 feed each other and i think the generations are so much more powerful together than apart if we could just find a way to get back together and i don't know how to do it but i know there there has to be a way to bring us back together it's just kind of missing it it was there for a while and i'm sure there's some churches that are doing it well but I just, I don't know, it, it, it hurts my heart to see that it's, it's just not happening. There, there are some, our church that I'm in in, in Tennessee, we, we're, we're doing it to an extent. Not, not a, it's not in a formal way, but it seems to happen more there than a lot of places that I know. And I, I don't know what the problem is, but I think it's just a laziness maybe in the older generation. And the younger generation maybe has just gotten kind of jaded and figured, well, they're not going to help us, so forget it. I see all the time that, you know, the 30-year-olds talking to the other 30-year-olds rather than going to the 50 or 60-year-olds to, to get some advice on child rearing or whatever. Well, you know, it's interesting because my husband works for Young Life and one of the things I love the most about Young Life is that you have teenagers that are um, really being mentored by someone a few years ahead of them, right? So it could be three years, five years, 10 years. And I always think for them, instead of just talking to each other and they only have really the same life experience information as each other, they are being mentored by somebody who's gone ahead of them. And I'm always so jealous of that. And I think we all need that. We, we all do. need um, these older women to speak into a, yeah. our lives. And I'm thankful that over the last few years, I have, I do have some women I consider close friends who are 20 or even 30 years ahead of me. And um, I love having coffee with them. I love the conversations where they just share, you know, they just share about their life, about growing up, about what they did. And um, there is so much wisdom to be found in other generations. But I think um, you're right. There are various reasons and, and you brought up quite a few. One of them I think I've heard for a lot of women is they have this idea that they're not relevant anymore or yeah. would um, would younger women want to hear from me? They don't seem to want to hear from me. And maybe it's because they've had a negative experience in the past about something. Mm-hmm. But I just want to encourage any um, any older woman who is here. And I will say, I'm also an older woman, right? I'm an older woman to the women in their 20s. And so I think that I'm not exempt from that. So really, it's any woman listening. Is there one, if you could think of one person right now that just came to mind that you could reach out to, text, call, set up a coffee via Zoom or something, um, there is so much life that can come from that, just doing those little things. And so um, I think in some ways, that's that's my hope in having this conversation here is just that women would have that spark in that moment um, to say, hey, again, it doesn't have to be really formal. It doesn't have to be intense, but just to say, how is life going for you? What What mm-hmm. is the season of COVID like for you? Um, so if you are feeling, you know, some of those lies that maybe you are um, irrelevant, I just want to challenge them that they are, they really are lies. And yeah. what you said is that 99% of the women are saying they don't have someone speaking into their life, but they want it. So that's my hope and that's my challenge. And you are actually doing something about that in your podcast, the Mom to Mom mm. podcast. Can We'll just close with that. Tell me a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, it's really neat. It's kind of different. It's three generations of moms. We've got one that um, she's in her 40s, one in her, well, she's about to be 50. And then I'm in my 60s. Between us, we have 16 kids. Wow. I contributed one. 
<laughs> so, but it's me, September McCarthy and Jamie Erickson. And they're the, those two both are brilliant homeschoolers. So we've got a couple of really neat podcasts that are just helping all the moms right now that suddenly are homeschooling because pretty much everybody is right now. But it, we talk about everything and anything that has to do with mothering and motherhood and moms. And it's just a, it's a, it's just a bit of a little bit different podcast because you get you get the perspective of the different ages moms that, that you know what's neat about september she has 10 children yeah. from, from eight years old to 29 she's been homeschooling for 24 years you know she's got grandkids i she just i, I can't even wrap my brain ab- around her life that you know she's had she's been homeschooling for 24 years i don't even you know i i just can't even understand yeah. all that she does but it's really a neat, very different kind of podcast. So tune in if you get a chance. We have some really neat episodes. Awesome. Well, I will have all those links um, in the show notes. Kate, Wonderful. it's been so lovely getting to chat with you again. And I hope that people check out both of your books, Growing Great Kids and The God Dare. And where can people find you? They can find me. My, my website's katebattistelli.com. I have lots of blog posts up there, but I also have lots of recipes. I do love to cook. Yes. So lots of fun. And I try to keep them easy thinking, keeping the young mom in mind, but lots of fun recipes. And then on all social media, I'm Kate Battistelli, so I'm easy to find. I love it. And yes, you are right. I have actually watched quite a few of your cooking IG TV. I appreciate it. <laughs> They're fun to do. Yeah. I also like when your husband, you know, makes a little yes, cameo Yes, ju- we yeah. might do one tonight, as a matter of fact. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, Kate. Really great to talk to you. Thank you, Jacqueline. Thanks so much for listening today. I really am so encouraged knowing how many of you are being encouraged by this message. And if you have found it helpful, would you mind just sharing it with a friend? leaving five stars or even a review wherever you listen to podcasts, podcasts, keeping it super professional. Um, If you want to connect more with me, head over to Instagram where I'm at Jacqueline.Widener. Or if you want some free resources, head over to my website at JacquelineWidener.com. This has been an Extend Network production.